Will you be happy when you finally have everything you dreamed of? Real life starts now. Welcome to Real Life with Evangelist Han and Kathleen Lay, where people with real problems find answers in a real God. Welcome to Real Life. I'm your host, Kathleen Light, and joining me is my husband, Evangelist Don Light. Later in the show, you'll hear from Dr. Greg Veeman, who was an atheist who had success, money, family, a big house, and lots of unhappiness. I remember growing up thinking, when I'm rich, I'm going to be so happy, or Mm. when I get married, I'll be so happy, when I have children, when I'm famous. And it was always these when, 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 when I reach this point, when I reach this point. Mm. And I think we can find ourselves trying to hit these landmarks only to fall, realizing that truly didn't make us happy. And it's kind of like the bunny chasing the carrot. Once (laughs) that bunny gets just close enough, it's just not enough. And that's how my life was. The more I chased things, the more I got this, I thought, oh no, I got the husband, but now I need the kids. Oh no, I got the money, but now I need this. And it was never fulfilling. I think that works that way for a lot of us. You know, it's not just one person, but I think many who are listening could say, yeah, you know, I really do believe I'm going to be happy when I get that thing. But when I got it, my eyes suddenly got set on something else, Mm -hmm. you know, and it didn't bring that joy and contentment. And you could say, well, you know, just be content Mm -hmm. and just try to find happiness in what you have. And yeah, you can try to do that, but there's still always that pursuit for more Mm -hmm. and more and more. Yeah. But the Bible teaches us a different concept. And Mark chapter 8, verses 36, 37 says, For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? When you're looking at that, you know, we can search and search and search. But the only thing that will fulfill us is when we're thinking more about the next life. Mm. Because if you get everything, Jesus says, even if you get the whole world and you own the whole thing, Mm -hmm. everything in it, all the gold, all the silver, you still won't be ready for the next life. Mm. It might actually cost you the next life Mm. because... Realistically, what are you going to do with all that? You can't take it with you. Mm-hmm. And are you truly prepared for the next life? You know, there's a man in the Bible, Solomon. He was one of the wisest men on the earth. And he had great riches. He had wives. He had everything. And you can read in his book where he talks about all of it was pretty much vanity. Yeah. And the only thing that he could wish to hold on to was God. And the Bible talks about while we are young and while we are able, we should seek God while the days are ahead of us. And I think that's so important for us to do that. And so the biggest thing is in being prepared for the next life is how am I going to get to heaven? How am I going to get there? And the Bible says that if you call upon his name, receive and believe on the Lord Jesus, your life shall be saved. And you will be fulfilled and find happiness. Let's hear from Dr. Greg Veeman after the break. Real life is made possible by people like you. We'd like to take this opportunity to sincerely thank you for your generous support. We couldn't do it without you. May God bless. Welcome back to Real Life. I'm your host, Kathleen Light, and joining me is my husband, Evangelist Don Light. Hello, everyone. And joining us is Dr. Greg Veeman. He grew up not even knowing anything about God. In fact, he was an atheist, a doctor who had everything. He had hobbies. He did a triathlon. He was very successful. And we're going to find out what changed in his life. Let's welcome to the show, Dr. Greg. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So tell me about, as a kid, how your home was, and maybe you didn't even hear about God. Tell me about that. 
Yeah, when I grew up, I never heard about God except once in a while from my grandmother, but it was just kind of an abstract thing where she would pray at meals. And it just wasn't a topic of conversation and really anything that I saw at home amongst my friends at school or their families or in the whole city that I grew up in that just wasn't something that was even on our mind. And that continued pretty much all the way through medical school to me becoming a doctor. Wow. And as a doctor, I understand you had a beautiful family. You had great hobbies. You were doing really good things and well for yourself. Can you tell us about that? Well, by age 36, I had achieved what I call the American dream. I had my education, my career, status, money, a wife, kids, home. I could buy whatever I want, do whatever I want. And I worked so hard so long to get there. But what I found was once I finally reached it, that something was drastically wrong. I was depressed. I was angry. I was bitter, frustrated, empty, lonely. I wasn't fulfilled. And I wasn't sure why. What are you going to tell people? Oh, I'm not happy when you have more than most. Mm. Mm. And you were trying out different things, trying to get involved with different hobbies. Did you think that maybe there was something, a dream that you didn't fulfill? Or maybe if you did this or that, you would be happy? Yes. By this time, I basically realized I had three problems. Number one, I had no peace. I was empty. And it's just a nagging sense that, you know, something isn't there. So what you do is you start trying all different kinds of things, hobbies. I did running, triathlons, wine. Then I went on to entertaining people and parties and trips and vacations and then buying things. And what happens is, you know, those things are exciting and filling for a short time, but then they quickly lose their appeal or that good feeling that they give you. And so then you start getting kind of frustrated because you know that the next thing is not going to do it for you. Yeah. Mm. You know, a lot of people, when they're not feeling fulfilled or they have everything, but they're feeling down or upset, they'll go to a doctor and the doctor might say, oh, you just need to take medicine or, oh, you just need counseling. Were you ever given advice or did you keep all this in to yourself? I kept it to myself because it's kind of embarrassing when you have so much to say you're not happy or fulfilled. You know, my family could tell because I wasn't always the nicest husband or the most loving dad. You know, I had issues with a short temper and some foul language, drinking a little too much. And, you know, that was one of the other problems that I identified is I didn't have any power to change Mm. because I wanted to change. I wanted to be a better dad and husband. I knew that I was having these anger problems and frustration problems. I knew what it was coming from. And, you know, you read self-help books and stuff like that, or you wake up and say, okay, today is going to be different, but it never worked. Mm. Wow. And that can cause more problems because I remember feeling that in my life where I would get all the self-help, pump myself up, (laughs) and I'd still lose the game. I would still feel bad at the end of the day. Yeah, because you're frustrated and you're just right back where you were. And then on top of that, I realized I didn't have any hope. Here I am, I'm 36, and in my worldview, dead is dead, gone is gone, and just something inside of you tells you that that's not right, that death isn't the way it's supposed to be, that if my kid gets in an accident and dies, that that's not the natural order of things. There's something in your heart that tells you that there's something wrong with that, Mm. but there's no answer. There's no hope. I'm getting older. My kids are starting to grow up. 
time is kind of racing past me. Yeah. It was kind of like my heart wanted eternity, wanted some kind of certainty to what my future held, but I didn't have it. So that all those three things were combining together to make me kind of a miserable, hopeless person, despite wow. having the success. The success makes it worse because you have what everyone else is chasing. You just realize it's not giving you what it's supposed to. Wow. What a hopeless situation to be in, too. And to top it off, you had these neighbors who really started to get under your skin. Can you tell me about them? Well, we finally moved into the big house with all the bells and whistles and to be a dream house. And down the street from us in the cul-de-sac, it was filled with a bunch of Christians. And I really had not much exposure to Christians. And they kind of kept their distance from us because we were the partiers. We were the so-called wild people. We were a little crazy, I'll give you that, but we weren't that bad. What really got me was when they didn't want their kids playing with my kids. And my kids were two and four at the time. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, come on. And it got so bad where, you know, my kids came home crying one day and they're like, Dad, we can't play with them because we're not Christians. And that was the last straw. I'm like, okay, I'm sick of this. I'm going to prove these people wrong. I'm going to the Christian bookstore. I'm buying a Bible. I'm going to read it and show them from their own instruction manual they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. Mm, That is so good. That's how it started. And so you went out, you got this Bible, which you've never read ever before. And if you were to find something in there to prove them wrong, did you know what your next step was going to be? Or were you going to plan that next? (laughs) I was going to plan that next. I wasn't sure what was going to happen, but I kind of envisioned being able to quote from it and say, how is this, you know, being loving or whatever, talking about my kids being treated that way. I didn't really care myself if I wasn't friends with them, but with all these kids down the street and they were the only kids to play with. So it was kind of a difficult situation. Right. Right. And I can imagine at that time you felt worse, like, wow, how judgmental and how frustrating it would be for your kids. I mean, come on. I was mad. My sole motive was anger. Wow. You know, there's more to this story. And I want to find out and dig deeper into what happened when you started reading this Bible and how you responded and what popped out in your eyes and how it changed your life. We're going to pray for those who may be agnostic or atheists who feel empty right now. They have everything, but they're not happy. And we're going to have you back on our next show to tell us more of what happened. Thank you so much, Dr. Gray, for being with us. Thank you. You know, I think it's interesting because the story about how his kids couldn't play with the other kids because they weren't Christian, you know, and I can understand that because when I was a former atheist, I always felt like Christians were so judgmental. And I would have received that. I've been like, ah, oh, how judgmental. You know what? I'm going to prove him wrong. I'm going to show him how, you know, and so I like it, how he's going to go into the Bible. He's going to learn more about what they know, because he's obviously a smart guy, and he's going to show them how it is. And so many of us can get like that. We can think that we know more. And we come from a background where, hey, I have everything. I've got it all together. And we put this facade on the outside where we've got it all together. And I know I've been one to do that. But deep inside, we know that there's something missing. We know, is there something more? Mm-hmm. And we try so hard to change. You know, I love what he said. And he said, I found out that I didn't have any power to change. Right. How many of us can just really relate to that? Mm-hmm. God. How do we change? And so we really can't change. And according to the Bible, there's only one who can change you and one who can make you new, and that is Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. So Jesus, we come to you right now. We come to you with all the listeners who are listening and saying, God, wherever you are, could you change me? I've tried my hardest. I try everything, 
I've tried doing it myself and I can't fix myself up. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to come just as I am and I receive you. I believe in you and I'm believing that you have the power to fulfill me and to change me. Lord God, I'm asking for this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. God bless you all. Thank you so much for tuning in. Join us next time for Real Life.